Hello and welcome to another indie author episode of Beer Books. I'm Daisy Ray. And I'm April Berry. And today we're reviewing a book by Richard John Thornton. We've had him on the podcast before and this is a little bit of a different book. And it's called Last of the Old School, an affectionate tribute to school days of the 70s and 80s. And I thought it'd be quite nice for us both to reminisce because we were both at school in those eras. So maybe bring back a few memories. What do you reckon, eh, Daisy? I don't think you really needed to tell everybody just how old we are. But yes, it is a very good reminder of the old days. It is. So what we're doing is we're returning to the school days of the past when hideously patent ties were compulsory, when wearing white socks was deemed a criminal offence. You mean it's not now? And when bunking off was a mission only for the truly courageous. And to top it all, you can revisit this bygone age through the eyes of a staff room legend. And that staff room legend is Ivan Reynolds. And the book is set or starts in September of 1983, where Ivan Reynolds is the most experienced and respected teacher at Little Holt Secondary School. As head of the mathematics department, he wears the mantle of power with supreme assurance. An academic hardliner in the classic mould, Ivan's tenure is challenged by neither pupils nor colleagues, but changes are afoot in the realm of education and his tried and tested methods are suddenly deemed outdated by the new wave of young pretenders to his throne. As retirement looms, Ivan is gradually forced to re-evaluate his habitual approach to professional duty, as he faces surrendering his esteemed position with the utmost reluctance. So, that's what the book's about. Talking of old school, remember when we started the podcast? I can't believe it's like nigh on four years ago now. But right at the very beginning, we used to do a review each. We used to do bits of readings. We used to discuss the book. These days, we're a lot more about interviewing authors and getting their thoughts on everything. We are going a little bit old school on this episode. So we are both going to bring you our chosen bit of the book to read to you. And we are going to share our reviews before we get into a full on discussion about exactly what we thought of this one. I'm quite looking forward to that because when I was doing my review, I was thinking back and reminiscing and it's a, it is very old school, but I enjoyed those days when we used to talk about the books. And I think we used to be quite reluctant to say anything negative, didn't we? But I think we've got over that by now. If we can't be honest, let's just not do it. You're reading first. Is that what you're saying? Yes, let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a reading and let you get a bit of a feel for how this book goes. And just to put this in context for you, Ivan Reynolds, our main character in this book, has a year four class in front of him and he's taken it upon himself to bring Peterson, a self-appointed sports hero among his peers, down a peg or two. They openly bait one another to the amusement of the entire class until Ivan takes it a little bit too far and lets his ego take over. So this is the reading. Rolling up his right-hand shirt sleeve to the elbow, he then flexed his fingers and cracked each knuckle in turn. It was a sickly procession of sound that reverberated discomfortingly in the ears of all present. 
Sean Peterson could not resist obliging his raging sense of curiosity. So, what are you going to do now, sir? Ivan moved position to the side of the room nearer the door and beckoned Peterson to him with a crook of his forefinger. Come hither to me, boy. I wish to perform a quick exercise in comparison. With a combination of natural confidence and a slight pang of hesitancy, the pupil joined his teacher out front and listened attentively for further instruction as he wallowed in the scrutiny. Mr Peterson, I wish you to display your own brute power by slamming your fist into the wall. Now the youth was also bemused as the rest of the pupils and more than a little wary of Ivan's ulterior intention. A few seconds elapsed before the request was audibly repeated. It's very simple, boy. Punch the wall. There's no trickery involved in such a basic feat. Sean Peterson was now feeling distinctly uncomfortable. In his view, the challenge was ridiculous. It would prove nothing. I, I can't do that, sir. Ivan smiled without grace and moved his taunting features ever nearer to the boys. Yes. You can, but you won't. And why won't you? The confusing charade was becoming tiresome for young Peterson, if intriguing for the audience. Yet the pupil sensed increasing animosity from the elder man standing beside him. Because, because it would hurt, sir. Feigning an impression of complete surprise, Ivan held both hands aloft. Ah, are you saying you're not capable of doing this because it's painful? The great Sean Peterson, unable to make the weight, cowering from a challenge, shirking the competition. The adolescent was now rendered completely dumbfounded by the proclamations of his maths teacher. In the next instance, Ivan had drawn back his clenched fist and slammed it into the section of grey painted plaster. There wasn't so much as a curling of the lips as the teacher returned his hand by his side and smirked. Peterson, in tandem with the rest of the class, watched their tutor in concerned yet disbelieving astonishment at the spectacle they had just witnessed. Then, without further ado, Ivan raised his fist once more and repeated the act. Then again, and again, ten times. His clenched right hand connected heavily and cleanly with the wall, leaving varying indentations in the small target area. Matt Jenkins was teaching third year across the landing and was suddenly disturbed by the dim pounding that vibrated through the structure of the upper level. He did not attempt to fully respond to the understandable curiosity of his pupils, aside from a half-hearted theory to allay their concerns. Ironic that this absolute honesty was received as a jest. It's only Mr Reynolds punching the wall again. Carry on reading. Ignore it. And that's the reading. What does he mean? It's only him punching the wall again. Is that a regular occurrence or something? It does seem that way, doesn't it? What a way to behave in front of impressionable teenagers. It's crackers. Was the man a complete psychopath? I think so. I think as we, we go through a little bit of more of our reviews and readings, I think people will be able to get a bit of an indication of uh, of Ivan. Yeah, definitely. I think while we're in the mood for learning a bit more about Ivan and about the story, rather than me do my review straight away, why don't we listen to what you've got to read and get a bit more of a feel for the book? 
Okay, I'm not going to say it's any happier than what you've just read, if I'm honest. (laughs) My part of the book follows on from, and I don't really want to give too much of it away, but follows on from uh, something that happened with one of the pupils and another pupil. So I quite like Trevor. Trevor was sweet. Anyway, Trevor questioned something that Ivan had done, which was immensely brave of him, I have to say. But this is my reading that follows on from when Trevor actually questioned Ivan's actions and thoughts. Ivan did not loiter around the premises at home time. No sooner had the bell signified the end of the doomed day than Ivan had locked up room 10 and ventured covertly to his car. It was a painfully irksome for him to think that he may have lost the respect of his pupils. Respect had been the pivotal factor of his years of success. As he drove homeward, thoughts turned over in his mind about the past and the future. Without respect, a teacher is rendered impotent. But even more worrying was that a sense of self-doubt had slowly and progressively encroached during the day. Maybe Hilary Johnson was not the devilish child he perceived her to be. Maybe, just maybe, his hardy principles were outdated and could rightly be deemed unacceptable by the modern bodies of authority. Perhaps he was indeed a bully, a tyrant, a monster as the potential rumours may have established. Could it be that this long-time paragon of law and order had got it so badly wrong? The solitude at home did not allay his concerns. His loneliness only heightened the inner tension he vainly fought against. The quandary ground away within the cogs of his brain, providing nothing in the way of illumination to the suffocating darkness. Yet still the inner conflict raged as the night wore on, until his mindset finally cemented some direction. Professional and personal pride could not allow him to show contrition. An example needed to be made of the girl, and he was the ordained person with the responsibility of setting that example. He had never, and nor would he ever, Cowered away from duty. When called to arms, Ivan Reynolds was nothing if not immediate and precise. Yet, even as he half-heartedly convinced himself of the purity of his principles, the inescapable photographic proof of his perchance for failure sat staring back at him as he slouched on the edge of the bed in his pyjamas. With nightcap of whiskey in hand, he dare not look back at their knowing gaze. Despite having taught many lessons over the years, The realisation that he himself had possibly learnt very little was the one gnawing thought that accompanied his eventual surrender to slumber. Good choice. It gives you a deeper insight into just what a man Ivan Reynolds is inside his own head and the fact that even he can admit that he's never really changed. He's always been the way he is now. There's not a lot of development in his character, is there? No. It's not. It's not. It's, it's just a complete and utter. He is a bully, and that's all you can say about him. Anyway, now on to reviews. So we're having your review first, Daisy. We are. So when I was reading this book, I didn't give a lot of thought in the beginning to genre or style or theme or anything like that because it. Well, I picked it up. With the mindset, this is a work of fiction. I was expecting a story. And this is where my review comes in. 
Last of the Old School, this book essentially is a character study of Ivan Reynolds, a soon-to-retire school teacher. He has a hard-as-nails exterior and he leans heavily on that reputation. The plot is entirely reliant on Ivan It's a deep dive into his everyday, his scathing attitude to his colleagues and his constant one-upmanship with his more troublesome pupils. He is the driving momentum here in place of an external plot. For me, Ivan is a static character with very little development. He intentionally instills fear in his pupils, has little to no regard for his fellow teachers, makes himself constantly unapproachable behind his black glasses, which, by the way, they wouldn't be as reaction lenses. They don't stay dark indoors. Just a little bugbear, that one. As a character study, this book is consistent to the end. If you're looking for a story arc, you won't find it here. There is nothing I like about Ivan, but I'm guessing that was the intention. So job well done. I tend to agree with everything you've said there, if I'm honest. Oh, that's not like you. No, it's not, but I do. I mean, I've never come across in a book a more unlikable person. I mean, I've read books with mass murderers in who have chopped people up and fed bits into grinders and all that. But they've got some likability about them somewhere. This man has not got one ounce of likability to him. I agree. And I'll tell you for why. Because a lot of times when you've got the um, antagonist in a story, there's a reason behind it. Or they've gone through some hardship or they're suffering and that's why they're acting the way they are. This guy has been exactly the same for the last 20 years that we know about in the story. The man's an arse. That's <laughs> all I can say. He is an arse. Let's hear your review and then we'll have a good old natter. Okay. Right. So it was me that chose this book and I was quietly excited to read it. The title and the book jacket were what sold me on it. I am a great fan of Jack Shepard and this type of book is one of my favourite genres. So what could go wrong? Well, let me tell you what I thought of the book. Let me start with the good points, because one of, one of the things I have to say is that Richard, as a writer, puts an awful lot of effort into describing a person, a place, an object, and he puts an awful lot of thought into describing people's actions. So going back to your reading where he was describing him gnarling his hand and cracking his, his knuckles and that, and that is a really, really positive point about Richard's writing. So I got to know Ivan really, really well. Bit of a downside for me sometimes is that Richard will use opposite words to describe something. So he'll contradict himself in a sentence. If I was Richard, I'd be having a quiet word with my editor or sacking them because it wasn't actually just a one-off thing. They, they were peppered throughout the whole book in a bit of a scattergun effect. So that's a little bit of an editing issue for me. That aside, I finished the book with no uncertain lingerings as to the character of Ivan and the supporting cast of teachers, pupils, and even the neighbour. I get the impression from the book that Ivan is a miserable, angry man, possibly because he's now on his own, or was he miserable and that made his wife leave him, or did he become miserable after she left him? Who knows? 
The one thing I did miss about the book was much of the outside school activities of the cast of characters, because I think that that would have given it a little bit more meaning in terms of, you know, what they did and how the characters developed. The book, I feel, really is just like a journal of Ivan's last year. So a lot of it for me was a little bit rinse and repeat. I felt that Richard could have done so much more than he has with this book. And whilst I didn't want to compare it with the books written by Jack Shepard, I couldn't help myself. So for me, it actually fell short of giving me the satisfaction that I was craving. But that's not to say that Richard isn't a good descriptive writer. I just think that this book needed a bit more of a plot. Interesting. I think we need to talk about the formatting and the plot and the writing techniques, etc., etc. Yeah. I compared this book to At Hell's Gate that we read earlier on. And that was kind of very much a journal. And one of the things that I think that we, we've talked about about people's writing is the way that the formatting and the way it's structured. And how many paragraphs does one person need on one page? Yes, the formatting was a little bit skew with as far as the ebook is concerned. Even on a small screen on my iPhone, I could have seven or eight paragraphs. Every sentence was a new paragraph. There must have been either a glitch in the formatting or something had gone wrong because it wasn't structured correctly. But that's not necessarily down to the writing. That could be a glitch in the system. Let's be generous with that one a little bit. It frustrated me, the amount of paragraphs per page. I did look at some of Richard's other books as, and thinking that maybe it was just the ebook, but every ebook of Richard's is in the same style. There's just all those loads of paragraphs. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying how I found it. Mm. It mattered to me that because it made the story for me a little bit disjointed. It, it was like I was reading it like it was. Duh, 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 duh. Do you get what I mean by that? Yeah, it took away from the flow. It did. There was no flow. I mean, I'm not a, a writer, an author, and I obviously I absolutely don't have a book in me. So, you know, who am I to criticise? I am the exception to the rule. You know, everybody's got a book in them. No, I don't. You know, the only book I've got in me is if I've eaten one. <laughs> so that's the only book I've got in me. Okay. Thank you for that, I think. <laughs> it wasn't just the paragraphs, to be honest. There were things like every time he talked about a pupil in the first year, the third year, the fourth year. First year, third year, fourth year was always capitalised when it didn't need to be. That was a running theme all the way through the book too. So, yeah, there are formatting issues with this one. In terms of that, I don't think that that's Richard's fault at all. I think it's the fault of his editor who's not doing the job properly, if I'm honest. I tend to agree. It is definitely down to editing. And while we are not experts, we are expert readers. We are expert readers. I'll tell you what I did like, and it's really, really weird, and it's it's ever so funny, is that the start and the end of the book, they both had that cat shitting in his vegetables. Yeah, that cat was knocking on a bit by the end of it too, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But it was just so funny. We start and finish a book with a, a tortoiseshell cat shitting in veg. <laughs> I know I've talked about this book being a character study rather than a full story arc, but I have to say I was really disappointed with Trevor Sims because, like you, I really liked Trevor. Yeah. He was a, a nice young man. 
He loved his mum. He cared about people. He cared about being late for school. He even liked Ivan Reynolds. And he cared about odd socks because it was going up to washing day. For one of Ivan's pupils to turn up 15 years later and it was a passing throwaway remark that Trevor Sims had died at 17. Yeah. That could have been so much bigger. It could. He was one of the most wonderful characters, or started out to be, and then we lost him, and then he was just thrown away dead. Yeah. And he could have done a lot more with that. I was a little bit disappointed that Trevor Sims didn't have a bit more about him in the book. I think Richard's got so many good ideas going on in his head that he fails to get it down. And, I mean, we've both spoken to Richard, and he does have a lot going on on in his head, and he's, he's quite sort of thoughtful. And I think what he's doing is maybe he's thinking that his readers are a bit simpler than what they actually are. What, because he does tend to repeat a lot? It is a bit rinse and repeat, let's be fair. I feel really bad about sort of saying what I'm saying in a way, but I've got to be honest. One of the things I'd like to give Richard some praise for, and I've said it before, is is his depth of description. I know Ivan now like I knew my own dad, I think. Blimey, daddy. But one of the things I took away from the book is that Ivan was 60 when he was retiring. God, it was more like he was 80. So he wrote him as a very, very old character. Well, he was retiring. Well, I don't know, though. I mean, he was still very strong and lithe and went running over lunchtime and was... Yeah, but he was old. He was old in his head. Very stuck in his ways. Yeah. There was there was no give in him. No. And as for the writing style, Richard tended to make the same point several times in a row, just with different flowery prose each time. And it's either as though, like you say, does he think the reader doesn't understand it the first time, or was it a way to bulk out the word count to make the book a bit bigger? You don't need to bulk out the word count if you've got something good to put in the book. And I'm absolutely convinced that Richard has got better things in his head. But it's not a story, is it? Yeah. Ivan doesn't grow from the beginning to the end. He lost his family 20 years ago from the main part of the story for exactly the same reasons his reputation had grown at school. He was too hard with them until they ran away. Yeah. But he wasn't sorry about it. He didn't do anything about it. He didn't go and find them. He just lived with it and lived with a photo on the sideboard forever. So I didn't even feel sorry for him living on his own. Now he's a narcissistic megalomaniac. Yeah, but look how well we know him. If we think about the book as a character study and don't think of it as a story, then it's really good. Yeah, it is. It because is really we good. actually know Ivan really, really well. All his little idiosyncrasies and his stupid mannerisms and how fierce he was and even deep down wanting people to like him in some sort of way. Yeah, I mean, it is just as well, isn't it, that in the 1970s and the 1980s, it was all right for teachers to abuse pupils. God, he'd never get away with that now. The one question I would like to ask Richard is, who's he basing Ivan on? Yes, I think it's somebody he knows. It may have been his own teacher, I think, because that's the way he writes. Possibly. What I'd like to know is, did he write it thinking it was a story? Because I can't find anywhere where it talks about the theme or the style of the story. I'm just going to put it down to the fact that that what we've read is a journal in the life of the last year of Ivan as a headmaster before he retires and goes off to dig 
vegetables on his allotment. And if you are a fan of a slow-paced, day-in-the-life type of story, then this is definitely for you. So on that note, what have we got next week? Next week, we are back to writing flash fiction. And it is a picture prompt rather than a written prompt for the next one. Oh, yeah, it's leaving on a jet plane, isn't it? Yes, Kevin O'Keefe's picture. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't seen it, you can Google it and you will be able to see it. It's called Leaving on a Jet Plane. It's done by Kevin O'Keefe. And it is a series of pastel-coloured gentlemen with suitcases and an aeroplane passing above them. So they're all away somewhere. And for me, it's got all kinds of memories. It's a very, very old picture. And it says a lot to me. It says misogyny. There are no women in it. It's just men folk are going about their business, going on holiday, going to work, commuting, whatever they're doing. Everybody dresses the same. There's no individualism. There's there's just a lot to be said for this picture. So if you haven't written anything or you haven't seen it, go and have a look. Join in. Have you written anything? Uh, No, I haven't actually not yet. Well, you know me, lastminute.com. Oh, yes, I forget. (laughs) Fly by the seat of my pants. And it's like I said, you know, I'm not an author. I used to struggle with O-level GCSEs writing a story. Yeah. And there are times when something just, light just goes on in my head. And that's what's happened with this. As you've been talking, a little light's just gone gone on in my head about what what I can do for a story. But, no, you know, like me, seat of the pants, you'll have it in the inbox minute before the deadline. Your best work of fiction, April Berry, is your to-do list. <laughs> oh, you could be right. Yeah, I'm right there with you, especially resolution time in January. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make any this year, so I've not broken any. Then you're on a winner. Okay, so we will be back next week with Flash Fiction to read you some stories. Until then, take care of each other. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send in your flash fiction submissions, you just need to email us at beerbookspod1 at gmail.com. And now that you're part of the Beer Books family, why not share us with all the bookworms and creatives in your life? <laughs> <laughs>